0: Guru Nation, welcome to episode 545 of Random Usings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I talk with Christine Naro, one of our Latinos in Clinical Research brand ambassadors and just an overall influencer. I mean, she's really is becoming an influencer in clinical research. She's a CRA. She started as a coordinator. We talk about various career opportunities and a very interesting one as a result of the hot job market that we're in is headhunter roles. For clinical research coordinators. And then I take this a step further and I explain how this can be a business for anybody, even without any research experience uh, or minimal research experience. So, anyways, some of the interesting stuff there. Um, check out the YouTube memberships page, link in the show notes. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusive with all the other YouTube members and you get exclusive weekly videos on how to use social media to improve your opportunities within life sciences. So check that out. Also check out in the show notes the CRA Academy, the CRC Academy, and if you need help getting studies for your site or help setting up a site or help managing an existing site, just text me 949-415-415. 6256 and with all that being said enjoy episode 545 live we are live okay what up guru nation we're live like we do every monday wednesday and friday i don't know how long that's gonna be feasible but it will be we're gonna make it happen christine matter of fact i'm tempted to go live every day for the foreseeable (laughs) future uh don't quote me on that monday wednesday friday is good for now uh, let's see. Let's do this. Let's do career pathways. You will have options uh, because it's true, and this is kind of what we're talking about. So for those, Christine, I mean, you're a legend already. Christine is like I've a legend in this space. A legend uh, from the comments on LinkedIn to taking over Clubhouse, like. You are basically the face of clinical research on Clubhouse. Or there's no face, but there's a voice. You are the <laughs> voice. you are the voice of clinical research on Clubhouse. How do you feel about that?
1: It's very exciting. Um, I feel lucky that we met and that we've been able to build our network on there and find more even more people and more groups that are interested in this space. So it's very exhilarating and. And I wish that everybody would hop on Clubhouse. And uh, we kind of took a break for summer, but I think we're going to make a comeback. So everybody should hop on.
0: Let's see. I actually want to ask you a little bit about Clubhouse before we get into Latinos and Clanker Research. Because you are a brand ambassador for Latinos and Clanker Research as well. So thank you so much. You do a very good job. I think we have a meeting coming up soon, uh, right? Is it this week? Mm -hmm. I think I have to be on one of those meetings with you guys, with the ambassadors. Uh, There's only three.
1: Yeah, we have a meeting for LACR tomorrow. So everybody, if you're interested in joining, can go to the Latinos in Clinical Research website to get that link. But uh, the next ambassador meeting is on the 24th.
0: Wow, this is why you're an ambassador, Christine. I forgot about the shout out for the Latinos in Research webinar tomorrow. If you're not, if you haven't been subscribed to the email list, subscribe so you don't miss future ones. The email blast went out this morning. But Go to latinosclinicalresearch.com, but before you subscribe or after you subscribe, click on the calendar. We have a calendar on the homepage, and you can get the link for tomorrow's Zoom. It's right there, it's on the link. And then, yes, thank you so much, Christine. Amazing. Uh, you're legendary. So, Clubhouse, you took summer off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so did I, but not planned. I just said, you know what? This is not growing. Shout out to Marjorie Guzman and Carla from Topaz for holding it down for Guru Nation Monday nights. But I've seen a slowdown in growth. Like, I don't know. Can you convince me why I should go back?
1: Well, you know, part of the – one of the things that I learned was that small groups have better quality So that's one of the reasons, you know, when we first joined, it was all about who has the biggest group and how many people are in and, you know, so on and so forth. But I, since then I joined a lot of groups that were actually smaller and they have more quality conversations, you know, at a higher level and a lot of people are able to share more deep you know deeper ideas and stuff like that so i would say come back and maybe we do a poll and maybe not do it every week maybe every other week or once a month and see who votes for the best day you know and go from there
0: okay okay that you've convinced me so yeah i my plan was to do like once a month and then i just stopped because i moved and life Life happened. So I took summer off too, Christine. But (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't planned. It just happened. All right. So we got something else to talk about. It's not all about Clubhouse and Latinos and clinical research. Those are great topics. We can do entire live stream just on those. And if you're watching right now, let me know where you're watching from. Let me know what uh, you have to ask Christine. Christine is a CRA, uh, former CRC. Can you give people like a one to two minute summary briefly of your career?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because I started in the medical field through ophthalmology because I got trained through the Air Force to become an ophthalmic technician. And then I started doing that on the outside because I was a reservist, you know, or I still am a reservist, but at the time. Also, I was a reservist. So Monday through Friday was open, right? So I had to find a full-time gig. So I went and I applied at an optometry office. I worked there for six months and then I moved to ophthalmology. And um, they had clinical research. And I never really got the opportunity to participate in it until the second office I worked for. And we had a manager that really helped me out and learned the ropes. And he's like, hey, just get your GCP. And we'll talk to admin and see if you can be part of the team, so on and so forth. So eventually, that dream came true. So I became a CRC there for a short while. I moved to um, Lackland, actually, and got to work for the military for a little while. and then I went back to another ophthalmology practice and I started looking for more opportunities and I earned a bachelor degree because I kind of felt like people say you don't need a degree, but it's really hard to get in if you don't have it. So um, I definitely did that. And then I just started networking. You know, I got on LinkedIn. I learned the trick about the algorithms. You need over 500 connections. Um, definitely update your resume every time you apply. And stuff like that. And actually, once I got past that hump of the 500 connections, the recruiters started inboxing me. So that was really really exciting. Mm -hmm.
0: How long did it take you to go from zero? Well, nobody starts LinkedIn with zero. But let's say like close to zero to 500. How long did it take?
1: I'd say about two months. Two months?
0: You went to (laughs) 500 in two months? It's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it caps you out every so often. So you have to make sure that you're sending people messages because they are not going to approve you. So I know it takes a lot of time and effort, but it's definitely worth it, especially if you can, you know, go from CRC to CRA or what other positions you want to have, project manager or, you know, maybe even a site manager, site director, who knows, just depending on your experience if you've been in the field for 10 years you know and you're a crc i'm pretty sure that you can get a manager position or even more than that you'd be surprised once you get in the interviews and they start asking questions and you just blow them away they might offer you an even higher position
0: how do you blow them away christine like what people are watching right now or maybe listening saying hey that sounds good like i have an interview next week how do i blow them away because they're nervous they're nervous
1: Number one, look up the company, uh, make sure that you know when they were founded, what kind of studies they do, what their therapeutic specialties are. Um, maybe talk to, look in your LinkedIn network and see who you know from that company, see if maybe they can give you an introduction and have a five to 10 minute you know, introduction with them and see what they have to say about the company, do your research. Um, I would also say like, just be prepared with your elevator speech. I didn't really know what that was until I took a class from a career career networking group. And um, that was actually a really, really good tip. So basically, if you were stuck in the elevator with somebody for like two to five minutes and you had to tell them (laughs) why you want the job. (laughs) Scary. Yeah, (laughs) it's really scary. But um, you should open your interview with that because just basically, you know, Three to five lines who you are why this job's for you why you're the right person for the job and whatever and uh yeah just
0: that's your elevator pitch um there so what was your elevator pitch and there there was a scary movie on netflix i think (laughs) uh, about i saw it recently or maybe it was amazon prime with no name actors but it was uh very scary they were stuck in an elevator for like a day I'm not going to spoil it for people. Just try to find it. <laughs> what so it what called? was your elevator pitch? The, I think <laughs> it was called... Uh, let's see here. Down. It was yeah, called okay. Down. Mm-hmm. Two office workers. Yes, this is the one. Down. The movie is Down. You, you guys will only get this on the live streams here. You also get entertainment. Yes, this is the one. Down. It's kind of one of those movies that's like so bad it's good. But... um I don't know. I liked it. Kind of like Sharknado, but not as ridiculous because uh, it's more plausible. Um, yeah, it was good. It's good. I think it's on Amazon. I don't know. It's either Amazon or Netflix. I can't remember which one. So what was your ele- – on this theme, what was your elevator pitch? And yours was, not, <laughs> yours was not a nightmare. Yours was a very good dream. So what? how did that go?
1: Yeah, no, I basically just, you know, told them who I was – why I wanted the job. Why I was passionate about research, and um, and we kind of went on from there. You know, I didn't go into any of the negotiations about the pay until later on, or if it was with HR. I would definitely say maybe not to bring that up during the first one, round of a virtual or in, in person. Um, but the person that typically calls you, they usually give you a ballpark. So that would be before like an in-person average one. You might want to ask them even before you move on to the next step. So, yep.
0: Yeah. All right. So we like there's a lot. Of, this morning I got a question from someone and I did a video on YouTube. Hey, I don't have a bachelor's degree. So I know I can't be a CRA. But, you know, and I say CRC is great. You went from CRC to CRA. You do have a bachelor's degree. But you were saying there's another career opportunity for coordinators that you just got uh, aware of because of one of our good online buddies, uh, Lindsay Summers, one of the best recruiters I know, the best recruiter I know in life mm-hmm. sciences. So what is this? Give, give people like some motivation. Maybe somebody could like change their careers right now too.
1: Yes. Yeah, so actually, I had no idea. And um, that you could be a coordinator and you could become a clinical research recruiter. Now, this is not for site recruitment or patient recruitment. This is actually for top talent in our industry. And um, yeah, so she was saying that you could actually go from CRC to clinical top talent recruitment, right? I guess that's what I would call it. And I think that's really fascinating. And it's a really good gig for anybody that's interested in Something more around like HR versus patient care. Um, But why do they
0: want like a coordinator background for that role?
1: Well, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of people in our industry that don't tell the truth on their resumes. So they got to have people that are experts that have been doing coordinating or have dealt with CRAs or other personnel that know when to spot somebody that's not telling the truth on their resume. Unfortunately,
0: yes. Uh, this is what the industry is. I I tell people all the time when I see this, like, don't do the. Come on, guys. The people are gonna know you can't fool these recruiters, all right. And if you do, you can't fool your manager when they're gonna fire you the first week you're on the job because they you're not who they thought they were. It's like buying a car from a used car dealer and then like the wheels fall off as soon as you drive off the lot. Like they're gonna you're gonna take it right back and say what's going on here. Uh, Okay, we got some questions. So thank you, David. Thank you, Zara. Thank you, uh, Gazelle. Gazelle went CRC, CRA as well. I think she went ophthalmology also. She Mm -hmm. went from CRC, CRA ophthalmology. Uh, Side note, today actually, I'm going to meet with my doctor here in Yuma. We need a sub-eye ophthalmologist from my study. So Mm -hmm. I need to to get into that world and go find them. Um, And there's there's two they have in mind. So I got to go put on my sales hat. My sales hat's always on guys. But Gazelle, shout out to Gazelle. She's the one on here. Lawrence, how are you doing? We got a good question. Parth, how much compensation can I expect with four years of study coordinator oncology experience? You want to tackle that one, Christine?
1: (laughs) Well, Dan, you're always saying that's a six figure one.
0: Six figure CRA. That's not a coordinator, unfortunately. Okay. If you're the lead CRC at a big site and not an academic medical center, but like a big, like a private site, you could probably do six figure as a coordinator if you're the lead CRC. If you're just one of several CRCs, you're probably looking, depends where you are in the country, but like Mm -hmm. 65 max out. I think uh, maybe there's some incentive packages too, like you know yearly bonuses based on recruitment or based on different milestones. Um, CRA, that's a different story. Oncology CRAs, you know, CRAs have to sacrifice more of their life. I think uh, because of travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not an easy job. Everybody think, oh, okay, CRA, it's you know amazing. Like once I once I become a CRA, I'll be happy, and it's like almost the opposite you better make sure that you want to be a CRA because like it's very painful to do that every single day shout out to the CRAs like you that do that are do you travel are you traveling CRA?
1: no actually I don't travel um okay. I'm remote but um it's Much definitely better. something that you have to consider when you're sign when you're um applying for the positions right is it remote is it going to be in person how much travel is it going to be is it regional or not you know those are all things that you kind of have to figure out especially if you have a family and um make sure that the job fits you as well because there's other positions out there that you might not have to travel for like data management and
0: stuff like that right data manager do you um i need to get a data manager on because we get so many questions about data management how do i get started in my career I I don't know. I mean, I think you just have to start somehow like data management assistant. I think Mm -hmm. just like project manager, you were talking about PM, you know, that's something that's on your radar, Uh, but you, and you work, you work for a sponsor. So those are uh, usually better quality of life than working for a CRO. Can you kind of share a little bit about your day to day, if you can, as much as you can of your job?
1: Um, sure. So um, we actually have a CRO. So a lot of my job has to do with communicating the status of the pro- uh, project to between the sponsor and the CRO. So it's actually uh, been interesting. But I can say that it's different than jumping into a CRO where they're going to give you a lot of training. And it's a lot of just like kind of trying to learn things at a different level because there w- there is no crash course. <laughs> Um, so I am right. actually uh, taking it upon myself to enroll in project management courses through Coursera in also. Oh, you've done that already? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and LinkedIn has courses too. I, I, I think it was you that was telling me that LinkedIn offers courses.
1: Mm-hmm. They do. And I would ha- highly recommend them even if um, you get in there and you're like, I already know this stuff. It'll keep uh, recommending the next level of learning for you. So you don't have to stop there. And okay. I don't know if there are military members out there, but you can get free access. So if you're interested in that, let me know. <laughs> and Christine, I, think I was going to I,
0: I was gonna tell you, you know, the whole military connection. I mean, I see you on Instagram as a reservist. So thank you for your service, by the way. I mean, um, my PI here, my new PI, he's a doctor, and he had his entire med school paid for by being in the Air Force and uh, being a physician in the Air Force. And I think the reason why he ended up in Yuma is because they will typically pay uh, it was something to do with them compensate reimbursing him for being an underserved area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you probably know more than I do about that, but there's something where they'll like incentivize you to go in an underserved area and then they'll either pay like all of it or like more of it. Uh, so that's how he ended up here in Yuma for the past 15 years or so um so i do have now i have a military connection and i think of you actually when he told me his story i was like immediately thought of christine um so and we're looking for ophthalmologists and gazelle says she knows sub eyes this is a great monitor right here for ophthalmology i know sub eyes in phoenix and glendale thank you gazelle but i I needed them here in yuma there's only like three i need (laughs) one of them's (laughs) got to say yes Okay, here's another question. I'm interested in being a coordinator and recently saw two job listings: one for a research coordinator and one for a research regulatory coordinator. What are the key differences? You want to handle this one first?
1: Sure. So research coordinator, you're going to be handling a lot of the patient care. Regulatory is going to be more of the investigator's site file and paperwork, dealing with the IRB and Um, budgets, contracts, stuff like that. So um, definitely everything in the investigator site files. So it just depends like what where your heart is and if you want to do a lot with patient care or if you'd rather deal with paperwork. And both are good because you're advancing research either way.
0: Yeah, both are good. But Tyra, if you're going to ask me, I would say research coordinator is better because it's you're a generalist i highly recommend people become generalist where they learn more skills than fewer because you never know i mean look look at look at christine's career you know and it's just starting i mean christine's young christine's a baby like she's just (laughs) getting started in this space so for somebody to like there's a there's a value to being a generalist and um I would say go research coordinator. Usually the more hats you can wear, uh, the better off you will be in your career because you Mm can put more skills on your resume and somebody, there's just a greater chance that someone's going to need some of those skills at one point. And if you limit yourself to too much of a, of a specialist, like a regulatory coordinator, unless that's the only job you can get, don't do that. But if that's the only job you get, do it. Because mm-hmm. three months later, six months later, you go somewhere else. Or mm-hmm. they can give you more responsibilities. And this is where influence, persuasion, sales comes in. If you get hired as a regulatory coordinator and you tell your employer, hey, I've been here three months. I've, I can do the regulatory. I want to also do this. You know, It's their job at that point in a market like this to keep you happy. So you're planting mm-hmm. seeds right there. Like, look, I like it. I could do my job, but I want more. and Not more pay right now. I just want more responsibility. You're planting seeds. And a good employer is going to think, okay, well, I need to give Tyra more responsibility. She's going to go find you know, another place where they will give her this. So it's all supply and demand, guys. And right now, you are in low supply and high demand clinical researchers. Matter of fact, clinical research job recruiter. I think that's such an important paradigm shift that Mm. maybe we need to focus on it some more. So basically, they're looking for somebody. Lindsay is looking for someone with clinical research coordinating experience. Did she specify how many years?
1: Um, No, she didn't. Uh, She just wants somebody with experience as a coordinator.
0: There you guys go again. How much (laughs) do you know? How much of a generalist were you in your six months or six years? This is why it's important. Do you think if Lindsay interviews a regulatory coordinator, because technically you're a coordinator, she interviews a regulatory coordinator for this six-figure position. And let's say the regulatory coordinator was there five years. And then she interviews a research coordinator who's a generalist, only been there for one year. I don't know. If I'm Lindsay, I'm picking the one year because that's more of a generalist. So that's a perfect example right there. Like a practical people like practical. How does that Mm -hmm. affect me? So this is like, this is a a huge, there's so much need for coordinators and other positions that their job recruiters companies are willing to hire former coordinators because they know they're generalists to be recruiters. You could basically double your salary Maybe even triple. I mean, if it gets any higher, I'm going to have to, like, throw my head into this. Because this oh, is yeah. amazing. amazing opportunities, guys.
1: Yeah, she said it was starting at 40 uh, a year. And okay. then, you know, but, you know, you can make more because you get incentivized depending on how many positions you fill.
0: You get incentives. This is where you got to emulate Christine, be on Clubhouse. Be on LinkedIn in the comments. She's always, if she's not a co-host on this thing, she's in the comments there with you guys. Right with Gazelle, who does remote and local travel. Gazelle's amazing. CRA Academy graduate from our first class. Hello, Linda. How's it going? Or Dr. Mora. Dr. Mora, I should say. Uh, Susanna, do you think age is a limit when being a CRA? What do you think? Christine's shaking her head now
1: i'm gonna say no um i'm gonna say that age is it shouldn't be right because that's a a discriminatory topic yes Yes. but um but no it shouldn't be as long as you can travel or if you let them know you have some uh requirements to do remote then i don't see why that would be a limit
0: one of my favorite cras is turning 90 or might be like mid 80s uh I mean, she's been doing this for at least 30 years and she's a contract serie, So there is no limit when like for age that's, and the politically correct answer is it's illegal, which Mm -hmm. is more than politically correct. It's the legal answer. However, we do know there are companies that do discriminate. Unfortunately there's roundabout ways of discriminating. So I would say that age is not an issue with most places, but I'd be lying if I said that it's not gonna slightly work against you when there's a lot of travel required and you're newer, just because there's companies out there that are gonna look at that. So, unfortunately, it's not like the same as a 20 year old who goes out, you know, like, oh, you're 20 years old, you know, no family you're a no brainer for CRA like 30 days out of the month <laughs> to travel. So, that, but you know, there's also an age where like kids get out of the house and now you're on the other side of that too. So, you know, I agree with Christine, what she said, it should, and shouldn't be an issue for the most part. It's not, but I'd be lying to you if I said, it's never an issue because there are companies who will look at that unfortunately. And that's illegal but there are legal ways for them to do it, <laughs> to have the same outcome. So just want to give you guys like a real, real answer. But it sh- otherwise, don't let it stop you. Like you, there's plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. out there, plenty, plenty. We have CRA Academy students sometimes in their 60s take our course. So yeah. don't let that stop you guys.
1: And you're not going to put your data break on your resume. I mean, you know, the, that's just a no-no. Maybe just your name
0: and your email, and that's about it. And and this, I think she's like 85. She would never come on the show. She's very shy, but my my favorite CRA probably of all time, at least my top five I've ever interacted with, she's like in her mid-80s, sharp sharp as hell. Can't get anything past her. Can't get anything past this lady. She's amazing. (laughs) I, I wish I could interview her. Uh, any advice for people like me looking for a career change, comma DVM, so you're a vet? Man, uh, yes. Okay, so unfortunately, you can't be PI on human studies because that's a requirement to be um, MD uh, and licensed MD in the state. But you could do CRA, I think. And I think you could eventually do maybe higher up like clinical ops manager or like regulatory affairs if you go the regulatory route, but you're on the clinical side. I think there's got to be a place for you on the preclinical like animal study level where you're like some level of director. But I think you got to hone some of your research, like your, your actual clinical research experience from like knowing regulatory and knowing the forms and knowing GCP. So I think CRA is the way to go. I also think project manager might be the way to go for you and then try to get at a sponsor where you can get in on the preclinical side because you can directly leverage your animal, your, your animal clinical experience to animal studies. I mean, it's only natural. (laughs)
1: Yeah. When I worked at Lackland, um, they did have animal studies and they had scientists working on those protocols.
0: Yep. So that's, there you get some practical advice, uh, Sudha, but I definitely recommend um, try to do the, the jobs with the more generalist you can be similar to the other answer we gave just for you, because you are a doctor, you know, you can go straight, maybe straight to CRA or Project manager, at least. You'll be taking a pay cut. Vets make a lot. I mean, at least where I'm at. Uh, Don't get me started on that one. Vets make a lot of money. Uh, Danielle Co says, age is nothing but a number. That's right. Absolutely right. Uh, LinkedIn user. For folks interested in data management, visit the Society of Clinical Data Management. Ah, okay. I didn't even know this existed. Did you? Mm Mm-mm. The site walks you through eligibility requirements, including people without a degree. All right. Look, I'm writing this down. Thank you. LinkedIn user. Let me know your name because I've got to give you a shout out. I'm doing this video next. SCDM.org. I'm going to just put myself sharing my screen through one of these courses to walk you through. That's cool. Cause I get asked this question a lot. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, I applied for many positions, but no one responded because they want experience even for entry-level positions. So I think what you could do, another thing, I mean, you're definitely overqualified as a DVM for most sites. But you can go try to work at a site and try to be a coordinator if you want to take the pay cut. Like, you know, entry-level coordinator, you're going to make like 40K... If you end up being site director, you can definitely do multiple six figures. But for your purposes, like you just need to get started. You need somebody to hire you. Small is the new big. I wouldn't go to academia. I would go to like a place like Yuma Clinical Trials or small clinics like you've never heard of. Just Google research clinics in your area and go to those places. Uh, DVMs have been known to start up niche type CROs. Yep. Yep. But not everybody wants to start their own, you know, so I've noticed that doing this guru nation stuff, a lot of people don't want to do business, you know, start their own business and for good reason. I mean, this is stressful sometimes we talked with Christine on clubhouse about grinding our teeth, you know, <laughs> we're teeth grinders, <laughs> both of us. Um, I did end up getting the mouth guard though, Christine. Okay. So that's good. <laughs> now do I use it all the time? Nope. That's a different story. Okay, um, that is me, Alicia. Dan, again. Alicia, is there something going on with your firewalls or something, your privacy settings, where it's just <laughs> blocking? I know Big Data is trying to get all our info, but just relax your privacy setting a little bit, Alicia. Let us at least see your picture and uh, your name on here. Alicia Foley. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Try to fix that. Um, but thank you, Alicia Tiffany, you may need someone to look at your resume. Yes. I, I would Tiffany's- say A- Ashley Margot.
1: Oh yeah. I was gonna say I think she's from uh Black Women in Clinical Research, and I know they offer that too.
0: Yes, black women so with Danielle right here, the mm-hmm. great Danielle, celebrity, like I mean she just like you, Christine, Danielle killed it with the branding. Everybody mm-hmm. knows Danielle now. Right, Just like everyone knows Christine. Like Christine, they think, okay, Clubhouse. And they think Latinos in Research Ambassador for Danielle. Black women in clinical research. Okay. You may need, yes, okay. I took training in research. I heard you need internal references. Um, Not necessarily. You need to talk to more people. Like the talk- training is, talk to Lindsay. Lindsay yeah. Summers. That's what I was going to say. Um, the training, look, I can go on i I'll get off my soapbox, but there's trainings are different, right? Our CRA and CRC Academy trainings come with real internship, like real studies that we put on your resume for you. You can't replace real experience. So we do that just the training by itself. It's okay. It's better than nothing, but it's not, it's not going to guarantee you get a job. Um, And actually nothing guarantees it. Alicia says, I can't figure it out. (laughs) Angelica Perez, can you talk more about Latinos in clinical research? So as my dog is barking, maybe Christine, (laughs) because you're a brand ambassador, just explain to Angelica a little bit about LICR.
1: Hi, yes. Uh, uh, Latinas in clinical research is a group of people, but uh, they're not necessarily all Latinas because everybody's welcome to join. And they host monthly webinars that you can log into through our website. Just go to the calendar on uh, latinosinclinicalresearch.com and you're welcome to join the one tomorrow. And there's several topics that the last series we did was data management. Um, Tomorrow it's going to be about recruitment and we're also going to start talking to more schools. So if you know about any schools or colleges that are in your area that are interested in Uh, opening um, interest in their students with clinical research, we want to also connect with them too. Um, The school that we're connecting with currently is Alamo Colleges here in San Antonio. And um, yeah, anybody can join. You don't even have to be in clinical research if you're interested. Um, Just sign up for the emails and we'll let you know when the webinars are.
0: Excellent summary. Latinosinclinicalresearch.com. All ethnicities welcome. Angelica would love to have you there. Subscribe to the email list. Latinosinclinicalresearch.com. And go on the homepage right now because you missed the email blast for this month. But subscribe for next one. Go on homepage. Go on the calendar. Click on tomorrow. That's your Zoom link for tomorrow. Absolutely free. Uh, Tiffany says I'm with Clin Essentials. All right, I'm gonna have to look it up. Let me write that down. Clin Essentials.
1: Oh, yes. Um, I think I connected with her recently, and I was interested in learning more about it because it says she provides tools for professionals.
0: We all need tools. <laughs> Paul, Paula, what is the most important advice you would give to a newbie CRA? Greetings from Colombia. Okay, shout out to Monica Quetiva. She's from Colombia as well. And... Uh, all ethnicities welcome but you definitely polish should join com right now so in a, in a new tab i know you're watching this on youtube in a new tab well on your phone is different so on your phone hold on till we're done go to then go to latinosinclinicalresearch.com and subscribe if you're on the computer easy new tab boom open i use google chrome you click that little plus button boom new tab Latinos clinical research, subscribe all right. Most important advice for a newbie CRA? Hmm. Uh, Christine, you want to go first? I got some advice, but it might be uh, might go off on different tangents with it.
1: <laughs> well, I would say definitely connect with um, – start some interviews there yourself with the personnel in your company so you can get to know them, and then um, they will start to tell you what – their best practices are and what tools they really enjoy using within your company. And that'll really help you out. Uh, uh, I don't really know. What else do you have, Dan?
0: So again, become a generalist. All right. As much as you can. <clears throat> here's the, here's the most important thing. You already are a CRE. That's like 90% of the issue is how do you get to be a CRA? Even Christine, she worked years to get to be a CRA. Right, So for you to be a CRA, you're already ahead of the curve. All you got to do now, soak it all in. Learn everything you can. Learn as many therapeutic indications as you can. I know it's like overwhelming to have so many protocols. Most CRAs I know only do one protocol at a time, maybe two, maybe three if they're contract CRAs. It doesn't sound like you're a contract CRA. So one at a time is going to be hard to gain expertise that way. But what you can do, some of these big CROs, they have training platforms. Um, they have like a library of training platforms. So they'll train you on different therapeutic indications. And in your spare time, this is where we separate like the generalists from the, those who remain specialists. Go get trained. Like if you're doing oncology, go take a training course for free on their CRO website uh, or on the CRA learning portal on something else that you're interested in. Maybe dermatology, maybe ophthalmology. I don't know. Pick something you're interested in and develop your expertise there. And then you could put that on your resume. Not that you actually have clinical research experience on it, but that you've taken the trainings from reputable CRO XYZ on that. That's my advice. But other than that, hone your craft, learn how to do your reports. And don't be afraid if you're not happy with your job, especially in a time like we are right now, don't be afraid to switch to another company or or maybe talk to your line manager first. Uh, maybe, Hey, I've been doing oncology for two years. I'd like to do CNS or something like that. And don't be afraid if they, they give you pushback to go somewhere else, because right now is the best time to do stuff like that. And you probably even get a pay increase. The, and CROs are work scrambling to try to keep their people happy. So, uh gain your experience that's the most important thing and then everybody's going to want you ecrg my buddy ecrg who's got a, the, another youtube channel it's called elite clinical research group he just we just did an interview with him he sells <laughs> shirts he sells shirts about cra back then they didn't want me now something like he's quoting paul wall and i know the song <laughs> like when i was younger i just forgot the lyrics it's not like Shakespeare or anything, but like the lyrics say, back then you didn't want me. Now that you have, you know, CRA. now that you have experience, everybody wants you. That's the quote I'm using here. I can't remember. <laughs> now it's going to be stuck in my head, this quote with, from Paul Wall, uh, but I'll find it later. Um, Dan, I hopped over to PC. Hopefully you could see me now. No, we can't, LinkedIn user, but I know who you are. I actually wrote your name down. Next to scdm.org, I put Alicia Foley. I also put interview question mark because I would love to interview you on the podcast just like with Christine right now. So if you're interested, I'll message you. I'll message you because I, now I wrote down your name. Um, yeah, look, I have been in data management CRO since 2009. Happy to steer anyone in the right direction. Connect with me. All right, we're going to do it where everyone's going to see your face and have a link to your LinkedIn underneath. Hopefully, we can do the interview. See, I'm selling it. I'm selling it hard. (laughs) I'm still trying to help out an industry peer for a contract to perm CRAs in Singapore. Let me know if anyone's interested. We got some good traction from Friday's live session. Excellent, excellent. Like Friday was was lit, for lack of a better word. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Thank (laughs) you so much. Oh, my God. Save me a trip to YouTube. Thank you, because I would have got sucked into that rabbit hole with the suggested videos. Thank you so much. And a pharmacist, of all people. Thank you. I was pre-pharmacy in college. Maurice Horton, PharmD, PhD. Shout out to you, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Okay, spot on advice from MASH. Tiffany says, best practices for new CRA. Check out Clin Essentials. I love the shameless plug, Tiffany. You got to get it in there. You got to mm-hmm. get it in there. We have free resources like how to prepare for monitoring visit, how to review a protocol, five essential work bag essential, how to monitor. Okay, this this is awesome. So gotta write this down. Cra slash resources clinic essential. Okay, good, good, good.
1: And the keyword is free.
0: <laughs> free. Where where is this? Okay, free. She says yes. we have free
1: resources. We
0: have free resources. Yes. Free. You can't be free. It's twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Friday was wicked, awesome, as we say here in Boston. That's a, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It it was wicked, uh, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, anything else? I think I got to let my dog out. You know, I'm I'm babysitting them myself today.
1: Nope. I think we did a good job, and tomorrow we'll be on the Latinas in Clinical that's Research right. webinar. So we hope you all can join us.
0: Christine, you're Everybody. a pro. You always bring it back. Uh, thank you so much. I would have forgot again. com. Speaking of free, that is free. Okay, com. Go click the calendar. You'll see it. There's a tab for tomorrow. It's August 17th. Click that. There's a link. Boom. Takes you to Zoom. And we all know Zoom, how that goes these days after the pandemic. Uh, time, time. time. I think it's at
1: five. Five
0: Central, three Pacific. You're right, Christine. Three Pacific, five Central, Mm -hmm. six Eastern Standard Time. So three, five, and six, depending on where you're at. If you are, yeah, I don't know Mountain Time what it is. Arizona's Mountain Time, but when the time changes, we're not Pacific anymore because they don't do daylight saving time here. It's gonna be confusing, but right now it's not confusing. Okay, three Pacific five central six eastern thank you guys so much thank you christine thank you everybody we're gonna end the live and if you're listening later make sure you like comment subscribe share christine's linkedin is below go connect with her if you haven't already what is wrong with you go (laughs) connect with christine don't wait don't wait go do it learn how to do elevator pitch right and go watch that movie too and we'll talk to you guys all later Bye-bye, guys.